Hello, and welcome to the Modern Goat Rider podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to emphasize the opinions expressed by our hosts and guests are strictly their own and do not represent the positions of any lodge, grand lodge, or other branches of the independent order of Oddfellows. Our fascinating conversations will be open to the public for the purposes of inspiring our global membership and promoting the order. So sit back, open your ears and your heart in your hand while I introduce you to our hosts. Welcome to the Modern Goat Rider podcast. I'm Billy Sanderson. And I'm Tara Zajac. Tara, it was a sunny day today. What did you do? Um, I went to work, diligently plucked away at my keyboard and got many things done. And then I was looking forward to this evening, but I had to get outside prior and did a nice brisk 5K uh, walk in there, enjoyed the sunshine and the birds prior to tucking into my living room to have this enjoyable conversation. How about you? Uh, well, I had to prep for today's uh, conversation and show by having an afternoon nap. <laughs> uh, I, the muses come to you at night. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I had to start work. So uh, I'll do a little complaint. And hopefully my boss isn't listening. But, you know, I don't think he listens to the podcast. Uh, but I had a phone call with him last night at, uh, I think it was at nine o'clock. We had a phone call with the gentleman in Osaka, Japan. And so we had one, one person in France where it was 7am and then me at 9pm and the gentleman in Osaka, I think it was like middle of the afternoon. He just had lunch or something. And he was uh, very refreshed. And the two of us were, were not fresh on this phone call. And then I had a 6am phone call this morning. You're like an international man of. I am. I am. That is me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the ninja of time zones. <laughs> But what I was, but because I start at six, I, I typically will have a nice nap. And today I went out into the yard and I admired green leaves and green grass. And uh, my dog joined me on the uh, patio sofa. And we had a nice conversation about dog stuff. (laughs) It's a a rough life. And, uh, and she loves Frisbees. Segway. So uh, today we're going to talk to Dave Petanuzzo um, about his event, his annual event. But before we get to that, Tara and I want to talk about a few things that um, maybe we've learned in the last few weeks. We're recording out of sequence. There are probably two more podcasts that are going to come after this, but we actually pre-recorded. We recorded them last week. And so Tara has been put to the fire and... Uh, in her first few weeks, she has been on a number of uh, Zoom calls and making uh, Oddfellows discoveries all around her. But, you know, we thought we would stay on the event idea and the premise that Dave is going to put us on later in the show and, you know, kick around some ideas right now about things we've heard of or things that could be done uh, this summer for people who are, have got the itch to be volunteers or if they are actually in an area where events are possible. So, 
before we started, you you gave me a couple good ideas just for the individual volunteer or somebody who is looking to participate and give back to the community. Well, and I think your your point is is well well made with the uh, the itch because as much as um, you know folks join Odd Fellows for a number of reasons, I would say two of the top ones are spending time together, enjoying each other's company um, while doing charity work. And of course, both those things have fallen to the wayside a bit due to the pandemic. So I think um, there is a, an itch and a, an interest in, in volunteering um, when, how we can now within the constraints that we're currently under and then looking to the future. Um, I think it's, it's people are getting excited with the possibilities because we have a bit of a plan for, for getting out of this. Um, but, but yes, so there are charities that have been working hard this whole time and have done some great jobs at being uh, COVID safe and accommodating their, their structure. And so I'd like to give a sort of a shout out to a Victoria charity called Hero Work that has been busily uh, working away 2020 and 2021 on a couple of different projects. And what they do is they do radical renovations for other nonprofits. So they've done some really notable work within the community, everything from, there was a home for young mothers. Um, there uh, was the Mustard Seed, which is a food bank and also uh, has a food rescue project. So they've done some really phenomenal and impactful renovations that allow charities to be effective moving forward. And the nice thing about volunteering with them um, as an as a individual odd fellow is in my case, I recruited a couple of the uh, Bastion Four Sisters so we all got to do it together. So we did get to spend time together. We got to help a charity, but we were sort of spared perhaps the, um, the extra planning of organizing our own work. So we just leveraged the, the good work they had done, helped out the community and got to spend time together. So herowork.ca, I know they are looking for volunteers, I believe right now, um, and just look them up. They do projects annually all the time. They're, once they finish one, they have the next one, um, coming in the hopper. So that's my little shout out for an existing charity right now. Yeah, my wife had volunteered uh, with you for mm -hmm. one of the projects. And when we were asked to register, you see this calendar of where they need people and what projects it was, it was, it was impressive that they had so much going on at the exact same time, but they have skilled project managers, they have people who know uh, how to run a job site, Seems very, very professional. Uh, you might not know what you're going to do when you get there. Well, sort of. I mean, you do sign up to your aptitude. Okay. So for me, sometimes when I volunteer, I like doing the opposite of what I do in my paid job. So I sit at a desk all day. So if I can volunteer by schlepping heavy things from point A to point B and not have to think too hard, I am pleased to do that on occasion. So that's what we had signed up for that, um, the day that Deb was there, but if your lead-in was a little hint to the story about the fire extinguisher, I don't know if that's what you're thinking of specifically, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what had happened, quick side story, when we were there, um, there was unfortunately a very small kitchen fire in one of the units, not the one, not one of the ones that we had just run out, thankfully, but regardless, uh, the a fire extinguisher was smartly deployed to put out the fire. But if you've ever deployed a fire extinguisher, that fine powder, which is effective at putting out fires, is also effective at getting 
everywhere. So we spent, I would say, half our volunteer shift helping this um, young gal uh, completely clean out her apartment to the point where we were outside with the spice rack, taking lids off the spice rack to getting all the, the stuff out of there. So yes, yes, truly you never know, you never know. But that is the, the fun of volunteering and we had a great time doing it and it kind of made a funny story because all's well and ends well. Yeah. So I was uh, thinking of the volunteer squirreliness too, that um, last year I talked about uh, early on in the podcast uh, life, I talked about the rolling car show, which mm. was a, you know, it is a massive amount of organizing, but car, car club people are well organized because they often do meetups and that sort of thing. So if you get a few car clubs together, which is what uh, our brother Joel had done at the time was he put the the leaders and the presidents of these car clubs together and they created this rolling car show that went through all of North uh, of Saanich, uh, which is a part of Victoria. It's a, it's the largest community next to Victoria. And, and they, they told the people in the neighborhood, you know, bring out your lawn chairs and you're going to have a car show from this time until this time. And then at the end, they had a truck of odd fellows that were picking up uh, food donations and uh, money donations from people who watched the show and all that money and food went to the mustard seed as well. So there's things that kind of happen um, that are charity based. And then there's stuff that's just fellowship and oh, fellowship, friendship. Hey, go listen to your last podcast. Uh, the idea of just reconnecting in a distance uh, with something that, you know, you like to do. I recall last year there was a uh, socially distant bike uh, bike cruise and a bunch of uh, members had gotten together and they met with their bikes down, I think in the south part of the city around around the park, uh, Beacon Hill Park. And then they just rode for the night and cruised around and some of them had, you know, High expensive bikes and some of them had some chopped up chopper style funky bikes just to get out and have a laugh and all of that keep their face masks on and all the things that were required at the time but just simple just simple hey who wants to do this and the facebook page was kind of how things happened um, it is it is nice and especially when it's spontaneous i took part in one of one of those bike rides and uh i think because we were just basically cruising to hang out. Um, it had that sort of aimless wonder, like when you're a teenager and that's what it felt like. We were a pack of teenagers who were legally allowed to drink the alcohol that we had. And we just, yeah, we did this cruise around and shot the breeze as opposed to trying to get from point A to point B in a certain amount of time. It was truly about the journey, not the destination. And if you are, live in Victoria, you know how beautiful it is. If you don't, uh, it's, it's quite stunning. So there's glorious vistas and the sun setting. And because we have brothers and sisters who work in different establishments, we might stop at Brother Stu's pub and say hi. So it just had this nice little magic tinge to it. And I think um, that COVID, the blessing and curse, is it forces a few more inspired ideas to, to work with what we had. And that was neat. So I hope those continue in the future because they were quite fun. We um, we might 
have news of getting back to the lodge in the coming month, coming back to the lodge hall, that is in the, uh, the next month or so. Uh, we have a, uh, our trustees are referred to in Victoria as the board of union and the union are, are representatives or all of the lodges in Victoria. So they, uh, tr- they are the trustees for the building and they're setting the new rules for our return. But there's something I really want to do is I want to, do what uh, our friend brother Greg Sims in Indiana did with the uh, Hot Wheels cars. And I'm going to give everybody a plug on this again, because this was is definitely something I want to do here in Victoria. If you have a hall and you probably have a high ceiling, you could set up the Hot Wheel races for charity, which I think is a pretty cool idea where you stretch your orange hot wheel track from really high above the noble grand station and race across the hall to the vice grand station. And what they did was you had to buy a car. So the money went to the charity, but all the cars were decorated and uh, they took those decorated cars and then they gave them to the nurse nursing station at the children's hospital. So those cars then went to kids uh, in wow. the end. And so super warm, cuddly, fuzzy, uh, heartfelt stuff. But they, you know, they just raised a little bit of money by uh, selling cars for whatever, $5 or something like that. And then they had an event around Hot Wheels. That sounds fun. And I think if we take that example, my previous example is um, get grown up stacked like children, and we will gladly partake. It's very easy to do. Uh, being feeling useful is uh, really easy. Well, it's important. Not only is it, it's not always easy, but it is important. And uh, so maybe we should slip over into the conversation with Dave. I think that's great. Dave is going to offer lots of great insight about uh, the disc golf tournament, some of the mechanics. He is forthright in a lot of detail. So if you're wanting to take notes and put on something like that yourself, uh, Dave has some great tips and tricks and just um, some expectations about time and volunteers and, and money and all those kind of good things to make it as successful as it has been the past number of years. Yeah. And at the end, Dave gives some contact information, but always, always info at moderngoatrider.com. We will channel the uh, inquiries to Dave uh, if you're uh, looking to get the details on how to run it because he is totally open kimono on it. So, you ready? Yes, that sounds great. You were going to say one more thing. Well, did we want to correct the uh, website now? Or were you actually going to patch my voice in for Dave? Because that would be hilarious. Oh, we're totally patching your voice in for Dave. <laughs> Enjoy the interview. Oh, dear. Okay, bye-bye. Well, we're very lucky to be sitting down with Dave Pettinuzzo of Columbia Lodge Number 2. Hi, Dave. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, Billy. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Tara? It's another beautiful day in paradise. No complaints. None. None. The birds were singing this afternoon and they were singing about disc golf. That's all I heard them talk about. <laughs> so why don't we... Uh, talk- we're singing about uh, Modern Ghost Rider and uh, uh, the amazing job you guys have done. It's been a, been a pleasure to uh, listen along and be along for the ride right now. That's great. Thank you very much, Dave. So Dave is uh, going to do a little bio. Just give us a a uh, how you got to be an odd fellow how long you've been an odd fellow and then we'll uh, dive into your event sure uh 
I uh, was a UBC guy, so went to school in Vancouver, BC, and joined a fraternity. So that was my first sort of uh, stint into brotherhood, and uh, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, but we did do some charity work, and I could see there was more potential there. And I sort of fell into a sport at the end of my UBC years, after I sort of rose up through the ranks there and, and ran the chairs, so to speak. Uh, I fell in love with ultimate frisbee, and then I I got involved with a men's team here in Victoria in 1993 and uh, ended up sort of playing and managing that team uh, and captaining with some others for, for 25 years. So again, another sort of brotherhood type thing, except that one was focused on sports. So I finished that in 2012. I could sort of see the writing on the wall coming. And uh, before that, a couple guys, who else? Scotty Aitchison, Mike Borman had approached me in 2011. And I really liked the idea of being part of another uh, men's group at the time. I really liked what brotherhood is all about and sisterhood is all about. And uh, so that really, uh, there was a the whole charity factor. If I had been having a lot of fun, but I really wanted to, uh, to give back. So that's how I ended up joining in uh, 2011 and then went through the chairs, so to speak. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the recruiting side for me. It was all about, uh, rush as it was in university with the fraternity and helping to grow our numbers at Columbia too. And super exciting when, when Bastion four came on the scene after the, the transition from Rebecca's and, and just seeing that blossom and being able to do events together was, was fantastic. It's true. We really do offset each other. Well, I find. I mean, independently, our two lodges are quite successful, but um, it's fun having the, the brothers around and vice versa. It's nice to sort of trade off uh, tasks. So, so this will be uh, one of those examples. So your disc golf is having its fourth year or its fifth year? Uh, this is the fifth year. So uh, what happened was our Columbia Two Lodge and, uh, and the sisters were helping. We had a ball golf tournament that ran for years, as probably other lodges do. And I think uh, those guys were just a little burnt out. So a few of us were in the woods, some of the, some of the new recruits. And uh, I forget who had the idea. It might have been Garrett, who was quite keen at the time, who just said, why don't we do a disc golf tourney for, for charity? And um, I had uh, lost a good friend um, in the community to suicide, who was well known to the lodge. And... I had asked the lodge if I could run our well-known poker tournament to help the family because the family didn't have anything at all. Uh, and the lodge was very kind. So I jumped in, brother rush sort of showed me, gave me the keys and we ended up presenting a check for $16,000, um, to my buddy's wife and his kids at Christmas, you know, it was very emotional and rewarding. And then, so I wanted to sort of go a step further and that's how our charity came into it with Vancouver Island crisis. Cause they make, an incredible impact, uh, you know, with, I think they had 43,000 touches uh, in the last year uh, through their 24-hour crisis line and uh, helping with anti-suicide and a lot of crisis on the domestic front, as you can imagine, uh, during COVID. So we transitioned uh, the event. We figured out, uh, you know, how are we going to do this? And we really kind of just wung it in, in unison with uh, Bastion five years ago and did it at a public 
course. So disc golf is like ball golf, except with the Frisbee. So you have drivers, you have approaches, and you have putter discs, just like clubs. And you're trying to hit the pin, which is a total pole or a basket at the end of the day. And um, we ran it on this public course and sort of bust everybody out and uh, bust everyone back to one of the brothers places, uh, brother Mike Borman, who was gracious to host. And I'm sure him and his wife, Maria, will never host again. And they shouldn't because <laughs> it was a large, large task. Um, but I think we raised about six or seven thousand uh, dollars doing it from our first year. And then I had heard about uh, Mary's Farm, which is a private 30 acre farm, you know, about 30 minutes north of Victoria. And, uh, and I met with Owen and Tanya and Mary who runs the farm. And the farm is unique in that they have a lot of uh, emus, alpacas, these unique animals, horses on, on the farm. And above the farmhouse, she, they run a school, Mary and Tanya do. And it's, it's a BC registered school for, for children with, uh, with learning disabilities. So we wanted to be able to, uh, the main focus I think was to, helping Vancouver Island crisis, but we also help support uh, the school at, uh, at Mary's farm. Um, so for me, it's been emotional and it's great to have the, you know, the executive director comes down every year from Nanaimo where Vancouver Island crisis is based and share some amazing stories which really touch uh, everyone. Cause I think a lot of us can, can relate to suicide or depression at, uh, at some level. And uh, it's just nice to know that we're making a difference in, in other people's lives. So, Dave, I want to take a moment and um, talk about how you contacted Island Crisis Hotline. So how did how did that interaction kind of come about? Was it strictly a phone call or where did you kind of get involved and um, and then take it to uh, more? They're not a partner but they're they're just the recipient of the the proceeds correct correct yeah no it's all run by by us internally by columbia two and and bastion four and it's great that our third lodge in victoria victoria number one has always been a big contributor in terms of attending the event you know they always have a foursome or two and and they really look forward to it so it's nice that we can have something where all three of our lodges are really participating but VI crisis, to be honest, I was just playing ultimate Frisbee, which I still play up at UVic. And if you look carefully when you're out and about around in a lot of different establishments on the island, you'll see the VI crisis uh, phone number up there, just as a reminder that we're here for people and you can reach out. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. You know, it's just, it's free and it's there and it's confidential and you can do text if your teens or live chat or whoever you want to do, they've really evolved. But they have obviously highly trained volunteers running it because they're dealing with, you know, some some 911 type situations. So it was just about wanting to give back to them. So they are sort of a, a silent partner. They're a recipient, really, of the, of the proceeds of the event. Can you talk a little bit more about um, the events within the event? Because I think that's what helped makes the tournament unique. It's uh, some of the flair that, that people can look forward to when they show up. It's a little bit of and beyond um, disc golf, as I think people are familiar with it. That's a great question, Tara. And it's uh, it really has evolved. I, Brother Jack Adamson 
uh, did a great video a couple of years ago, which is on our oddfellows.ca site. So uh, if you go to events under the disc golf, the video is still there and he sort of captures the day. So what we do is we start downtown uh, at a restaurant on the Inner Harbor. Uh, we've used Belleville's the last few years and we will be again this year. So it's a patio breakfast sort of situation. And uh, then we, and people pay for their own breakfast. And then we have a, a coffee and Bailey stop at uh, Mayfair on the way out. So we have a couple chartered buses from Wilson's and we take everyone out to the course. And then we run through registration, which thankfully this year Tara is in charge of because she is her Bastion Four representative. And uh, it's it's a, a fun process of getting everyone signed up and we'll have uh, different prizes, uh, feature prizes, which are donated that the participants can bid on. So they might buy a $20 ticket for, you know, Accent Inns is one of our sponsors who's great and back this year. So they'll have like a two night hotel, hotel stay uh, where sister uh, Maureen Matizek works. Uh, we're going to have, a, I think, a gin package this year uh, from Victoria Distillery. And we're going to have, uh, you know, Boulder House one year dual facility uh, climbing gym pass valued at $800. So we've had to alter some things with COVID for sure. We've had some great sponsors in the past, like Harbor Air and Helijet for, for flights that, that couldn't partic participate this year. So we're really trying to target some businesses who've actually done better through COVID, like real estate companies and bike shops and, and uh, liquor sales and pets, pet spas, veterinarians, those types of things where businesses actually been up. So and we are still looking for more sponsors if, if people know them, but we're progressing along pretty well. So after people get through registration, uh, they actually get a custom disc. So we do a new design every year. And I think that was something that got me right away when I saw the Odd Fellows is our three links, because the links are part of the chain chains that are on a, a golf basket. So I went, wow, this is quite a coincidence that one of our, our symbols is a big part of my life already. So we always tend to incorporate those three links as and some of our other fun symbols into the disc design. So everyone gets to hold on to that disc. A lot of our people have never played disc golf. Uh, and it's really not about the golf. So we modify this beautiful course on the 30 acre farm. And uh, it's an all inclusive event now. So people they'll pay $140, but it includes their bus ride out. There's sort of uh, complimentary drinks on the way out. Uh, they get their disc. And we roast, uh, which we've done the last few years. We didn't last year due to COVID, but we've got a hundred pound uh, pig that we're roasting on the spit, which uh, Johnny Hercock is going to be doing up. And his lovely uh, wife, sister Angie, will be helping out. So we'll have all the food and all the uh, drinks are included for people. And then we'll have a uh, live music again. So we'll have a, a full band set up out there for afterwards when we're doing some speeches and uh, some of the draws and then we bust people back so we really uh, make sure people aren't driving that day and uh, and they end up with a tax receipt for for normally about half the uh, $140 of their their registration fee. I have played in it I played in it a couple of years ago I think it was actually 2019 and my lovely wife uh, Deb was a volunteer at the registration desk so let's let's scope it out how many people 
go and register as players? Well, and that's so from the financial perspective, just so maybe other lodges can try to put something similar together. And certainly they're welcome to reach out to me directly. I'd be happy to, you know, we're an open book in terms of how the numbers work, but we're targeting a hundred players this year at $140 a player. So that's $14,000 of revenue. And we've raised about $10,000 so far this year. And I'm hopeful that that will go higher. Our costs are about $8,200. Um, so you can sort of see where, where the profit line is. In terms of the fundraising, it's really about knocking on the doors and asking. And, and I'm doing uh, the majority of that. And certainly lots of brothers and sisters with their companies or organizations have been supportive. And again, you have to be flexible with, you know, and look at where you are in COVID. You know, it was amazing that last year, we had to reduce the numbers due to our uh, uh, Dr. Bonnie, who we know locally in BC is our uh, our health officer. So it was maximum 50 people at an event. And Sister uh, Shaughnessy Paulin, who Tara has taken over her position, has done an amazing job the last few years as the bastion rep of organizing all the registrants. So we had to literally cycle in uh, a very small amount of volunteers. I would say that we had uh, less than 20, but cycled in at different times in the day to make sure we we stayed under our 50 person capacity. And, you know, we had our masks and all of our um, hand sanitizer and uh, our social distancing. And we will, we'll be doing that again in accordance with, with Dr. Bonnie. Uh, so hopefully we stay on the course we're at. For our September 11th date, I think we'll be flying um, to be with 100 people. So we originally, we started at a $70 per person, and then people paid $5 for their drinks. Uh, and we would collect them at different stations, you know, and, and we had a central area where people finished, where we had the music and the food, and they congregated. We just found this all-inclusive format much simpler in terms of the cash management and the freedom for uh, the partic participants, and they were happy to pay. And we've seen, uh, you know, we are, uh, what are we, June 1st today, and we have 80 people signed up and paid today out of our 100 spots, which which is fantastic. So I think, yeah, I think we probably had 50 in our first year, and you, you see it building just because, you know, we have such an amazing brotherhood and sisterhood, and, and the presentation we're putting on, and you have so many volunteers in the background, like Chef Michael Williams now is new to the mix and providing some of his great food in the background. And so we've sort of taken it up a level in terms of the presentation and uh, and the day. And uh, it's a fun day for sure. So it sounds like ticket sales are going well. Congratulations. I think the event has a very good reputation. It sells itself to a certain degree, but it's always nice to to see the early enthusiasm and, and slow down maybe some concerns that I think it's like anytime you throw a party, first you're concerned no one's showing up and then you're concerned too when too many people are coming and usually it ends up uh, just right. But um, if you could reach out to modern Go Rider Land right now for what you feel like we need, what what could our, our listeners help with? That's a great point. I think, you know, having worked on a lot of the other events we sort of see very low ticket sales until that last week people tend to 
to dilly dally and uh, check their schedules or find out if other people are going. It's almost like being back in in high school again. So I think it's a lot of just getting the brothers and sisters to uh, to spread the word and uh, keep bringing it up at your meetings and set the tone by having your members sign up first and then people in this case put together foursomes. And there's a lot of foursomes who come back each year and uh, they, you know, they have fun with it and get dressed up in terms of their themes and their their clothing or whatever they might, uh, might want to do and uh, enjoy the day. And I think now, especially with COVID, hopefully knock on wood coming to an end, you know, people are really going to want to let their hair down and have some fun. And it just feels good if they can do that for such a good cause, but we could use help again with maybe another uh, good sponsorship prize or two, whatever it might be. So if people know right now, again, people, um, you know, I don't know what the industry could be. It could be, um, uh, you know, someone in the bike industry, maybe they would have a bicycle to donate, or it could be another liquor basket. It could be a pet grooming, you know, deluxe gift certificate or two, those types of things from those industries that have, uh, have done well. Hotel stays again, but I recognize the hotels have had uh, a rough go of it. Uh, we've had great sponsors, you know, like Swans and the Fernwood Inn, who are, are donating gift certificates. So we're going to be creative and I think pool a couple of those together for people to bid on. And what we're doing with the bidding again, if, if you have something worth, say, $300, and people are buying $20 uh, a ticket for those, um, and we have a square set up now. It used to be all cash. Now we're all people using the square so they can use their Interact or their credit card. And that's all happening at the registration table. So, you know, your average participant might spend maybe 60 to $80, something like that, hopefully, at the table on their tickets. Uh, we also run a 50-50, um, you know, and we do some mulligans. And, uh, and that really helps with the fundraising. On the other side, it's me and traditionally I've been dealing with financial services companies, but you don't have to be limited to that. And my rules have changed, so they can't throw out funds the way they used to. So we have a, an array of companies. Like my friend who had uh, unfortunately committed suicide, I went to the bike shop, Hope Bay Bikes, where he used to frequent and they know him. And they said, yes, we'll give you $500 and here's a lock and a t-shirt you can you know, you can use those for prizes as well. And, and we're happy to contribute. Um, it's about asking. And I think if you don't ask, you don't know. So it's really just getting a, a couple people who can knock on those doors and don't mind, don't mind hearing a lot of no's so you can get a few yeses. Well, I'll put in a little ask then too, if I'm recalling uh, something also that we chatted about was putting together maybe little baskets of things. So even if it's uh, smaller food items or like little luxury items, um, our, our volunteers are perfectly um, keen to put together maybe an experience. So if you would like to support and don't think that because your your idea isn't you know 100 or 200 or 300 dollars, um, we can probably still bundle some really cool things together and and make a package worth putting a bid on for for our guests. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. I mean, Christine Bader had a, a little resort stay up island. I think it was in Sayward last year that they uh, kindly donated. And, and that was a very popular item to bid on. Uh, it could be other things like, uh, you know, uh, massage therapists 
offering up a massage, whatever it might might be. But I think that's a great idea, Tara, to to pool some things together, to because our end goal is really to help raise raise funds for the uh, charity and have the charities there. Uh, you know, uh, the uh, executive director comes down, Elizabeth Newcomb, to speak from VI Crisis, and uh, and it really uh, touches some hearts in terms of the stories and getting an update from uh, the impact that they've been having. And and when the sponsors, most of them who've been able to donate have been incredibly receptive. You know, an old, uh, I won't say old, but uh, a brother who is inactive now, Andy Vickers, who works with Chelsea Taparowski, a uh, former uh, NG from Bastion. Together I asked them and they are like, this is a fantastic cause. And Andy used to help with the ball golf course. And it just occurred to me that that's an industry that's really done well. And they're all quite overworked right now as mortgage brokers. And they were like, here you go, you know, here's $500. And that's our sort of standard ask from, uh, from sponsors. So I don't want to, well, I do. I kind of curious about the structure of your finances from a, you're going to get a sponsor. They are sponsoring for advertising space. Or Correct. you also have you also have the the donated sponsorship for prizes, which is much more traditional in silent auction events or anything that might be happening at a, a lodge or something that people are familiar with. So, when you're going after advertising space, is it a different pitch, or is it strictly that the the need and the charity is so worthwhile that it sells itself? That's great. I've I've never really thought of it that way. I think the pitch is pretty similar. And at the end of the day, you know, we're happy to take whatever people will offer from that corporate perspective. I think they realize that $500 isn't a whole lot of advertising dollars. And we actually have a good market that they're marketing to in terms of the participants who are going to the events. So they're getting their logo put up right away. One on our event page at oddfellows.ca, two on our Facebook page, uh, three on our golf cart. So everyone has a scorecard, which Tara has kindly been doing an amazing job designing every year, which has our logo on it. It has the course design and it has all the logos of all of our sponsors on it. And that's a keepsake for all the participants, all the participants. And then at our banquet, after the round of golf, we also do a special acknowledgement for all of the sponsors at that time really whether they've donated goods or whether they've uh, donated the dollars. Obviously, when they're donating dollars from a corporate perspective, they're also getting a, a tax receipt from the I crisis for those funds. So it's completely uh, tax deductible as well. So Dave, with the, uh, you know, well, let's imagine that there's a, a very eager noble grand out there listening to us with a small lodge or a smaller community um, and not likely to draw in participants at $140 a person plus extras at the event. This event does not actually cost that much money to run. You're, you're, you were saying that it's about $8,200. So yes and no. So last year to give you an idea, again, to be an open book, we had 37,000 
$591 in revenue. And even though our expenses were large, I would say we cut them in half because our net profit was 33947 So I do the same thing with our expenses. Uh, our expenses this year are budgeted at $8,240. We have to rent the course. We have food. We have drink. We have the buses. I mean, those are the main sort of expenses. We have some little expenses like some of the uh, printing costs and uh, uh, ice, some you know supplementary things like that, some transport stuff. Brother Alex Austin, who's done a million musical music festivals, is amazing on the operations side. And again, it's a lot of the brothers and sisters pitching in to reduce costs. But when we have things like insurance is $1,100 cost. So I pass Westland Insurance uh, you know, we used to pay that and they waived it last year. And again, it was just asking, hey, can you run this through your sponsorship department? And we found out last week they're going to cover it again this year. For the booze that we used to pay for, we have lots of brothers in the industry. Uh, Derek Touche, who I spoke to today, uh, has been incredible in terms of organizing donations uh, from their suppliers. Brother Stuart Brown has got us, you know, 144. Uh, cans, I believe, of neutrals. Brother Dean McLeod from Columbia has got us a bunch of beer from Lighthouse Brewery. So I'm hoping this year we could get all of our booze donated. Um, the, the pig, we used to pay for the pig. So I talked to Brother Garrett and he asked and the provider this year is, is donating the pig. So it's not only driving the revenue side, it's getting help on the expense side by reducing it and then recognizing those people as for their help. And a big part of that for me is Reagan Stewart from C2, who's the sort of CFO of the event. So he's very well organized and it's, his event really start, a lot of it starts after the event in helping with the tax receipts and all the thank you letters that go out to everyone. And I really help, I really believe that helps set things up for next year. So we can, uh, we don't have to reinvent the wheel each year. That's very cool. So that's the, that, that's kind of the crutch of my, my question is how do you avoid high expenses and, and you, you work it, you just work it with the ask and then you can uh, start a sm event small. And what did you say your first year entry, the first event, how much was the cost? Uh, it was it was 70, 70, and, uh, okay. 70 per person. And, and now we're up to 140, but it's an inclusive. all inclusive yeah. format. The disc, the disc, sorry, is another big expense. That's about fifteen hundred dollars. And we used to get some help with that. But ironically, with COVID, that's an industry that's become mm. uh, it's just blossomed with popularity and they can't keep up. So I went to all our suppliers and we rotate suppliers. We're not glued to suppliers, but there was no room there and sometimes that's going to happen. All you can do is, is try. Another good thing that's helped us is just a random, I won't say a random sister, an incredible sister, Valerie uh, Sharon, another uh, past grand from Bastion four uh, who works for a stock brokerage firm. Uh, they have a make a wish um, campaign where a lot of the investment advisors kindly donate 1% of, uh, basically one day's income they donate to a charity and she's helped traditionally steer a bunch of those proceeds 
to Vancouver Island crisis to help support the event and and some of our um, uh, brothers and sisters work at the firm. So I kindly remind them which box to uh, to check off and we never really know what's going to happen with that one. It's a bit of a wild card, but hopefully uh, we'll get some support from that this year as well. So it's just being creative and sort of seeing what's out there and how you can uh, use whatever's there to help reach our goal. And it's really dynamic. It changes every year. Obviously with COVID last year, I had to postpone the event. It was supposed to be June 11th. We called it off. And we, uh, Sister Liz Vickery was confidentially, I guess not confidentially now, sort of helping us out as she worked somewhat near Dr. Bonnie Henry. We were trying to get some feedback as to where things were going and if we would be able to hold the event and really just trying to adhere to the guidelines and we really wanted to hold it. And it's a, you know, it's a ironic that we had our best year when we had to cut our numbers down and it was such trying times for so many, but I think people uh, really wanted to help give back even more. Beautiful. Well, Dave, thanks very much. How does uh, someone, if you're uh, willing to go contact information, how does somebody get a hold of you for either signing up or for asking questions about your event? Uh, well, signing up would be triple W odd fellows, Columbia two, that's the number two dot CA. Or uh, my email, Dave P, as in Pettanuzzo at islandnet.com. So Dave P at islandnet.com. Happy to talk to anyone from any chapter. Uh, and certainly I encourage them to put their own sort of flair on the event. We sort of built it from nothing and, and it can go in whatever direction you want. Uh, Frisbee golf is, a, is, a, is a, a sport that's traditionally free around the planet. And it is around the planet. Uh, but you would definitely want to reach out to whoever sort of oversees that course to maybe get permission and try to uh, get rights for the course or, you know, for that day. So you're not interfering with, with others, or ideally, if you can find a private course like we have, uh, you can help contribute and, and support them, but, you know, have the privacy without, um, you know, being an obstacle for, for others who, who want to use the park that day. Beautiful. Thanks very much, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you both for having me on and uh, for the amazing job you guys do with this show. Really, really enjoy it. I'll leave you with one last thought. When a ball dreams, it dreams it's a disc. Well, that'll do it for us. Thanks to Dave for giving us all the details on the annual disc golf tournament. As you heard all those names being listed as contributors, it is a big event and it's a signature event for the Columbia Lodge and the Bastion Lodge. And we are so thankful for all the members that do participate, drum up some support and patrons, and uh, put their best effort into an event for the Island Crisis Hotline. Uh, as somebody who knows somebody who's used the Island Crisis Hotline, there was no trouble for the Modern Goat Rider to make a don donation and be a sponsor for this year's event, so we're very proud that Modern Goat Rider will be seen all over Mary's Farm. Tara and I will be back again soon making Oddfellows discoveries, and seeing the Oddfellowship all around us. Cheers in FLT. Mm -hmm.